Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. And I want to share a word with you tonight in Deuteronomy 8, if you would stand with me for the reading of the Word. Deuteronomy 8, verse 11 through 20. I will be reading the NASB version. It's uh, NASB. Hallelujah. Y'all there? I hear the rustling of pages. Hallelujah. Take your time, but hurry up. Hallelujah. No, I used to, anyway, it's an East Coast thing. I hear this guy, Dunkin' Donuts, used to say it all the time. Small regular, hurry up, or take your time, but hurry up. All right, anyway, Deuteronomy 8, 11 through 20. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them, and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and your gold multiply and all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud and you will forget that the Lord your God brought you out of the land of Egypt and out of the house of slavery. Verse 15, he led you through the great and terrible wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of Flint. In the wilderness, he fed you manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might, make, might test you to do good for, for you in the end. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God. Come on, say with me. Remember the Lord your God. For it is he who is giving you power to make wealth, that he may confirm his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. It shall come about you if you, about if you ever forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify you against you today that you will surely perish like the nations that the Lord makes perish before you, so you shall perish because you will not listen to the voice of the Lord your God. Father, speak to us tonight, I pray. Lord, let your, your word is a, a lamp to our feet. God, a, a light for our path. And I pray, let it go into the hearts of your people that we will not shirk back, that we will not be weary in well-doing, but pursue the calling that you have in our lives. Pursue what you have set for us to do, Lord, knowing that you who began a good work will bring it to completion. It is not our own wealth, it is not our own strength, but it is the power of God that is at work in us that enables us to do all things for his glory. In Jesus' name, you may have a seat. Hallelujah. I want to share tonight about uh, giving. Amen. Giving. It is one of my favorite topics because it is so challenging for people to understand and to grasp that, especially if you're a new believer or if you have money problems. How many? No, just kidding. A lot of people think, you know, God is trying to get something. Why are you taking an offering? You're trying to get something from me, brah. No, we're trying to get something to you. Right? It is God who gives us power to create wealth. And so many people struggle financially. They're confused thinking that the blessing of God is a magical wand that he weighs over you and you become rich. 
I'm going to give, and God is going to wave his wand over me, and I'm going to become rich overnight. That is not how the blessing of God works. Could he do that? Absolutely. Most likely he won't do that, because if he were to do that, we'd blow up. And God is a good father. Just like I'm not going to hand the keys to my, you know, SUV or to my, you know, minivan to my son or to my daughter or to my other son because they don't know how to drive. I wouldn't do that, right? Because I'm a good dad. Same thing with the Lord. He's not going to let you drive. No, maybe you can drive the go-kart. But so many um, people think that, you know, the blessing of God is just going to make me rich overnight. And so many rich people think that their financial status is a sign that God is okay with them. And that is not necessarily true unless it is. Amen? Hallelujah. So the scriptures is very clear on both of those. God commands a penniless, starving widow, widow to feed the prophet Elijah in the Old Testament. She was starving. She didn't have any money. She was going to make her bread, eat and die, her and her son. Can I get a little bit of a monitor, please, bro? Um, thank you so much. But God commanded her to feed the prophet. Like, that's not cool, God. She don't have enough. But God is not trying to get something from her. He's trying to get something to her. And he did. Supernatural provision. Come on, say it with me. Supernatural provision. In Revelations 3.17, says, For you say, I'm rich. I have become wealthy and need nothing. And you don't realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. So God will challenge us, uh, challenge us no matter where you are, because it is not our way. It's his way. Whether you don't have enough, you, you know, or you're, you may be struggling and like, all I got is this and I'm going to die. And I'm going to prophesy to you right now that 2020 is going to be the greatest year of your life if you will believe it in Jesus' name. If you will believe the word of God and not the circumstances and not what, what you're hearing from the media and what you're hearing from other things, 2020 is going to be the greatest year of your life. It is the year of multiplication. It is the year of blessing. It is the year of miracles. It is the year of overflow in your life. If you will believe that, if you will tap into the Lord, hallelujah, it is not by mind, it is not by power, it is by the Spirit of the Lord. So both of these, these uh, circumstances, the penniless widow and the rich person who think they're doing good and they're really not, right? Both of these prove that you have to do it God's way. It is not our own way. Being poor is not a factor, and being rich ain't one too. Your faith and your trust in God is enough to lift you up supernaturally and walk God's way on earth. Is it for you? Is your faith in God enough to lift you up? Amen? It is, and it must be, if you're going to walk in the blessing of God, in the fullness of the blessing of God. Are you able to humble yourself to accomplish what God has appointed for you to do? Or is your stuff got a hold of you? I can't, no, I can't. I can't serve every Sunday because I got to go to my cabin. Is having a cabin bad? No. Do you own things or do things own you? Amen? Or are you so, you know, you got your, your shorts so tied up that, you know, and upset because you don't have a cabin? 
So your financial picture actually is a compilation of your whole life. So much so that if you look at the life of millionaires, you will find that most have some of these same habits. And this is I got from entrepreneur.com. So just, just, just to sh- let you know, to let us know, to make it known to all of us that finances, you know, is really a, a, a picture of your life, how you're doing financially of your life, right? So there's these habits that um, millionaires have. And it's like, this is not an exhaustive list. They didn't take, you know, every person who was a millionaire and write it down. I just got it from entrepreneur.com. It says, one, they read consistently. Two, they exercise. Three, they hang out with other successful people. Four, they volunteer. Can I get a holla holla? They volunteer. Five, they practice dream setting. What is that? They, they look forward to the future and they imagine their dreams coming true. They have a hope and a future. That is what this is. It's not biblical. I didn't get it from the scriptures. I got it from entrepreneur.com. But they have a hope and a future. They think of their future with hope, and they see themselves with their dreams coming through. And they write it down in 500 or 2,000 words. They write these things down. These are habits that people that are millionaires have, right? And six, they wake up early. Praise the Lord. Early morning prayer, we're here praying. So wake up early. That's at least three hours before their workday actually begins. Now, billionaires also have some things in commons. In commons, y'all. One, guess what number one is? They wake up early. They keep healthy or they exercise. Billionaires are readers. They contemplate. They have time for meditation where they're thinking about, you know, They're thinking, they're thinking, they're thinking. Number five, they develop routines and rituals. They're things that they do every single morning, usually a mix of the first four things. They wake up early, they exercise, they read, they meditate. Man, that sounds like you should just run to EMP. Hallelujah. I thought about that, but there's a lot of hills in Eagle River. Number six, they practice discipline. They sometimes feel lazy, like you and me. Billionaires feel lazy too. The only difference is they are aware of this fact and they don't let themselves slack. They take up the struggle to overcome their weakness. And I'm going to, this is not like the Holy Spirit is moving in them and they're like, I'm not going to be weak. No, they, they, I can do it. I'm going to overcome it. They do it by the flesh if, if, if. You know, if anything, this is not biblical, right? I got that also from uh, a website. Now, I also got from a website 10 habits that poor people have. One, gambling. Two, eating unhealthy diet. Three, drinking too much or inebriation, intoxication. I just want to get high, man. Yeah, you're going to be poor for the rest of your life. Watching too much TV. How's binging on Netflix sound right now? Like poverty. Negative thinking, everybody hates me, nothing's going my way, Joe Biden won, all that stuff, negative thinking. (laughs) Cut it out. (laughs) Habits that poor people have, you can go back and watch it on replay. Seven, procrastinating. 
Eight, avoiding feedback. You can't, nobody can, you know, give you feedback, you know. Maybe you should, like, oh, you don't like me. You hate me. That's a poverty thinking. Overspending. And sticking to your comfort zone. So these are just some things that you can see in like in a whole bunch of people's lives that will identify that, you know, by certain things we do will keep you bound or they will give, produce success in your lives. Right? And your finances is usually going to be a compilation of those things. Your values, your skill level, and how you apply them. Your belief system will affect your life and finances dramatically. What do you believe? Is God on the throne? Is the devil been defeated? Are you living in victory? Yes. yes. Now work hard. Hallelujah. Not your church, not your pastor. I can live in victory. The Brackens can live in victory. The hearts live in victory. We all live in victory. If you don't do it for yourself, you will not live in victory. And they're going to say, man, they're living in victory. Why am I not living in victory? I must, I must need to go to another church. I'm not getting fed here. It's not the church, Bubba. It's not the church, Babette. That's the female Bubba. Babette. Right? It's not, it's us. It's me. It's you. Everyone has one reason or another why they're in a financial situation they're in. But if you're an adult, you're the only one who can change yours. Hallelujah. If we're adults, you can change your situation. If you're the only one who can blame where you are, with few exceptions, all of us. And, you know, there are things that happen to us that is unfair, that is evil. But we, we can't help those things, but we can get out of that place if you will look to the Lord. And God is on the throne, and the devil has been defeated, and we have victory. And if you truly are subjugated and under the oppression, God will set you free if you call on his name. If you're bound, God will set you free. If your whole family, you've come from the worst possible family lineage you can have, if you will trust the Lord, if you will take steps of faith, he will set you free and you'll become a new lineage. You know, when I go to the doctor and I fill out, you know, the health thing, you know, what's your family history? No. Wow. No. I'm not going to claim cancer. I'm not going to claim coronavirus. I'm not going to claim Corcovado. I'm not going to claim the Clovis. By the way, that's my older brother's name. <laughs> my, no, it's okay. I love him. And he's a blessing. Amen? If you will call on the name of the Lord. No, don't, no, don't worry, Pastor. I'm, not, I'm just saying it's funny. It's hilarious. Like, seriously, with all my heart, I love you, Pastor Karen. I don't mean uh, uh, awkward. Sorry, Pastor. Anyway, let's move on. Jesus. Hallelujah. God can set you free if you will call on his name. You know, Dr. Morocco has, heard, writ, has written a, a curriculum on the subject, and it's called Becoming Wealthy God's Way. I just preached seven weeks in Eagle River about that because I had some people get their, you know, their socks up in a knot about certain, you know, like, why are we giving? He said you got to be in covenant with God and give. Like, yeah, because I'm not telling you my own ideas. I'm teaching you the scriptures. Amen? 
So we just figured we'd go through those things. It's powerful. Came out of a series he preached on Maui when he began to walk in the vision that God gave him to fulfill. Do you know that God has a vision for you to fulfill? That's why you're here. And the beautiful thing about our church, about the, what God is doing here, is when you, you know, a lot of people, it's like, I want to, like, serve Jesus and do my ministry. God has a calling on my life. Sorry. I won't do that again. But you, you, you don't realize that God has come. If you're not under authority, you can't exercise authority. And structural authority and spiritual authority go hand in hand. So, you know, that's why you see so many people that have so many gifts, so many prophetic gifts. But they're unable to, to submit to a leader, submit to a pastor. They don't have pastors. My pastor is Jesus. Yeah, so is everybody else's. But when you don't submit to that, then that's why you end up with a lot of, you know, prophetic sorcerers. And using their prophetic gift to manipulate people's lives. And the beautiful thing about our church, like I was saying, is when you come and you submit, it's like, hey, pastor, what you want me to do? Are you trustworthy? Okay. You've gone through the fire. You're trustworthy. Okay. Are you faithful? Yes. Are you loyal? Yes. Okay. What is God calling you to do? What do you mean? You tell me what to do. What is God? Go, go pray, Bubba. And go figure it out. And you get in the presence of the Lord. The Lord spoke to us, Eagle River. And then we yoke up together and, does, and God does amazing things. Amen? Amen? So he writes, Dr. Morocco, back to giving. Right? When we began to teach on Maui, it wasn't about everybody just emptying your accounts and giving and God made everybody rich overnight. No. But it was submitting to the, to the will of God. The number one thing that he talks about is righteousness. If you want to experience the blessing of God in your life, if you want to experience the goodness of God in your life, the fullness of the over, um, overpouring of God, you must be righteous. You only become righteous one way. That's believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and call on his name. You walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. The only way to experience his supernatural blessings is by walking in covenant with God. You may have developed good life habits, but you may not be righteous. I don't drink, I don't smoke, and I don't gamble. That, that doesn't save you. Jesus, sacrificed, Jesus didn't come and die to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. Yeah. You, don't have to, you, don't have to, you don't have enough to pay. Mama, Bubba money bags. You don't have enough to pay for your righteousness, for your salvation. You need Jesus. Yeah. We all need Jesus. Right? Then you must be walking covenant with God. You must be righteous. You must be a tither. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. You must be a tither if you're going to be righteous. Righteous people are tithers. Complaining, number two. Don't complain. Because murmuring will ravish and destroy what you have. Instead, you should be thankful and give thanksgiving to God. Are you thankful or are you Mr. Miss Complainer? Like, man, it's not going my way. You know, the economy, the this, the that. Forget about it. Come on, say it with me. Forget about it. Stop complaining. Be thankful. Yes. Hallelujah. Stop complaining. Don't be a complainer. 
If you complain about everything and everyone, first and foremost, you remove yourself from the solution. It's the economy. No, it's because you're not getting up early to go to work. That's why you're broke. Well, nobody will give me a job. That's because you have a habit of not going back after the first day. And then you take your lunch and you don't return. Hello. You don't have a bad boss. You're a bad employee. And I was staring at the exit sign. If the shoe fits, Baba and Babette, kick it off. If you complain about everything, you remove yourself from the solution and you end up slandering others. It's them, it's they, it's those. I'm going to give thanks. How about you? I'm thankful for all that God is doing for me. Hallelujah. Three, laziness will result in poverty. You must work and work hard. Thomas Jefferson said, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Psalm 90, 17 says, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. God wants to bless the work of your hands. And he works through multiplication an exponential multiplication. What's one billion times zero? Zero. Anything times zero is zero. If you ain't got no work that God can bless, you're going to stay poor. You're going to stay in poverty. You're not going to grow. And Dr. Morocco, you know, he said before, if you don't have a job and you can't find a job, Come to the church and begin to volunteer faithfully and diligently. And watch how God is going to start opening doors for you and change your entire life. Guaranteed. The lowest form of provision is someone, someone else giving you what you need. God wants to bless the work of your hands. Where you become the lender and not the borrower. It doesn't, ha- it doesn't come by us getting help from others. Amen. And yes, sometimes we need help. You know, and when there are times in our lives where we received help, and man, thank God. Otherwise, he would have brought it another way. Because, but, you know, but thank God for that. And we are so thankful for people that, you know, did amazing things for us. You can't make it alone. No one makes it, makes it alone. Amen. The lowest form of provision, someone else giving you what you need. But God has given you the power to create wealth. What are you doing with that power? Is it just in your pokes? That's pockets for English-speaking folks. Is it just sticking your hands in your pockets, twiddling your thumb, whistling Dixie like Pastor Daniel likes to say? Love you, Pastor. God has given you the power to create wealth. Hallelujah. Don't be lazy. Number four, giving is the key to supernatural increase. Giving is the key to supernatural increase. I want to experience the abundance of God. Are you generous? Are you a giver? Like Brother Hart was saying, have you considered in your heart what to give? Above and beyond your tithe, because your tithe is 10%. It's like, I feel like 1% today. No, dude, obey God. Obey God. Giving is the key to supernatural increase. You can't get away from this principle. 
You can't. Luke 6.38, because if you're, why can't you get away from 10%, 10 cents on a dollar? Because if you're unfaithful with the little things, you're going to be unfaithful with the big things. So when your friend who can't even show up on time tells you, man, let me borrow five grand, you know I'm good for it. It's like, no, you're not. Let him know that. That was free. You can't get away from the principle of tithing. Luke 6.38 says, give and it will be give, given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. First, you must be a tither. Then you must give above and beyond your tithing. If you want to experience the blessing of God supernaturally, you must do that. This is the only way to enter into supernatural provision. Why? Because you're getting your eyes off yourself. And you're entering to the realm where God is. Because God don't need nothing from nobody. And he's a giver. And we are called to be children of God as he is. Generous on every occasion. Because when you're generous on every occasion, the Bible says that you will bring thanksgiving to God. You show up, thank God they're here. We're going to eat good today. Seriously. You don't want to be like, oh, my goodness, one more mouth to feed. Proverbs eleven twenty four says, one person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. You must be a giver. If you want to grow, man, I want to, I want to you know, God to bless me above it supernaturally. You got to get your eyes off of things and then give supernaturally. It is according to your ability. You want to be blessed above and beyond. Right? God has made a way for us because we have given this way. My wife and I, you know, we're business people, but when we started, we were just workers that started a business. Big difference. And like, we didn't even know how to bid. We didn't even know how to do any of that stuff. But we would pray and ask the Lord, and he would make a, make a way. He'd give us a number, this. I'm like, oh, that is the number we, and he will make a way for you. Where there is no way, he will give you favor above all your companions, is what the Bible says. The widow that Elijah went to was impoverished and was going to die. That's why God sent Elijah to her. Not because Elijah needed something. The, the widow needed to be saved and to be rescued. That's why Eli, God sent Elijah to her. God is going to challenge you every single time. What is going to be your response? Are you still going to be thankful or are you going to be Mr. Complainer now? Are you serious, prophet? You make fire come down from heaven? You the one who caused all this famine? Now you want me to give you my last flour, my last bread? Don't you see my son? Hello, Jesus. Don't you see my son? That could have been her attitude. But from what we see in scriptures, that was not her attitude. She said, listen, all I got is this. I'm going to feed it to my son, and then we're going to die. And he says, that's great. Now go. Do what you're going to say you were going to do, but first give me the bread and then the water. Uh, are you serious right now? Yes. Be supernaturally generous right now. 
I just told you, dude, I'm going to die. That's great. Go and do what I told you. Isn't Jesus nice? <laughs> or God? Isn't God, you know, God's idea, if you want to be comfortable, that's not, that, the, the, the blessing and the supernatural of God is not going to be in your life. So she gave him bread first and water. Because of that, the overflow of her obedience came and sustained her, her son, her family, plus the prophet for many days. They in good. They in, they in bread three times a day now. Their family in bread. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In a drought. Amen. The kind of giving that gets God's attention is when it is to move the kingdom of God forward and out of love to one another. When you give out of love, above and beyond your tithing, you begin to do that to see the kingdom of God move forward, that's when you begin to see the supernatural increase. If you, as you give passionately above and beyond the tithe, God will overflow to you increase. Hallelujah. You find that as... You financially align yourself to God's kingdom. He will overflow to you and provide for you the desires of your own heart. You find that as you take steps of faith, say, you know what? We're going we're gonna to plant a daily seed. I'm not saying, you know, empty your bank account and give. No, I'm saying go above and beyond. You know what? Instead of that, that you know, $5 coffee a week, instead I'm going to make coffee at home or I'm just going to save Money and buy a nice coffee maker and make cheap coffee at home that tastes better than at the store. But anyway, um, instead of buying that super expensive cup of coffee, I'm going to sacrifice and give that to the Lord. And it's an overflow. You're moving the kingdom of God forward. You, when you give to God, you give, you, bring it, you give your tithes, you give it as an offering, you deposit it in the hands of man, right? As they did in Acts, they deposited it in the feet of the apostles. And God gave them the increase. You give to God, but you deposit it in the hands of men. Right? In the church. And God will bless you. He will increase you. Number five, you have to deal with greed in your life. Zacchaeus. How many of you guys remember Zacchaeus? He was a little man. He climbed a tree to see Jesus, right? He was a miser. A modern-day Scrooge, but he had one thing going for him. He desired to see Jesus. And Luke 19, 6, and he hurried, he came down and received him gladly. He climbed the tree to see Jesus, right, forsaking the shame of being, you know, vertically challenged and forsaking the shame of a rich man, a proud man, a businessman climbing a tree back in those days. It may be normal nowadays, right? No, it's not. But it's like an executive, you know, in their suit and their tie and their, you know, expensive shoes climbing a tree to get a glimpse of Jesus. And Jesus says, come down, Zacchaeus, because I'm going to have lunch with you today. And what does he do? He runs down and he receives him gladly you got to deal with greed, and that's what he did. First, he received Jesus, and then he dealt with his greed. He used to be all about himself until he received Jesus in his house. And his life was turned completely around after that. If I've cheated anyone, I'm going to pay them back four times. And all that I have, he was a very rich man, all that I have, I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. 
That is, super, that is supernatural. When someone has a turn like that, who is all about the money, all about the stuff, when they have a supernatural turnaround like that, it is supernatural. It is from the Lord. So you got to deal with greed in your life. Poor people can be greedy too. Did you know that? It's not the people who have a lot. Like, yeah, rich people are all greedy. No, they're not. A lot of them are generous, actually. A lot of us, I should say. <laughs> Speak life into your life. They're generous. Poor people, it's like, you know, they owe me this. Like, all you young people hearing now about, you know, how everybody owes you anything, that's not true. All of you minority people, maybe, you know, black people, Latinos, and all of, all of us, it's like, you know, it's the white man. You know, it's like because somebody had a mommy and a daddy, that's why you're in your position. No, it's not. It's because of unrighteousness and sin. Because slavery just not, didn't just happen in America. America didn't invent, invent slavery. Since the beginning, since sin entered into the world, that's where slavery and subjugation came in. Because Cain killed his brother. Because he was jealous of him. So the whole, the whole thing about, you know, slavery being an American thing, you know, about all of that is a lie from hell. I'm telling you. Get free from those things. Don't be greedy. It's the 1%. The 1%. Forget the 1%. What does the 1% have to do with you? I'm an immigrant. All right? I'm an immigrant. What is the fact that I couldn't speak English have to do with the fact that I don't speak English when I got here? I could have gotten upset at everybody else. You speak English because, you know, you're born here. and I don't because I was born in another nation. <laughs> Who's going to lose? We always lose when you take that, the low road, the me, me, me road, the greedy road. It's all about me. Nobody likes me. No, all of that. And that applies to every area of your life. Whatever color you are, whatever race you are, wherever you came from. If you're right now, it's like, you know, I'm just uneducated. That's why. No. Get educated. Six. Get out of debt. Borrow only out of necessity. And only for things that can be sold at any time for the same value you paid or greater value. That is Dr. Morocco's um, suggestion. Don't get into debt only out of necessity and for things that if you need to, you can sell it for the same value you paid or a greater value. Don't get into debt for things that don't retain value. Are you willing to lose everything for what you're borrowing to get? Have a budget. Poor people hate it. Rich people live by it. A budget, budget doesn't restrict you. It directs you. Praise the Lord. And you make your own budget. Make it flexible. There's tons of, of, of things online you can, you can figure out. Pay off debt. Start with the smallest first. If you have debt, you pay off your smallest debt first and then apply once you pay that off, the payment you were making on that, you apply it to the next smaller debt you have and that's called snowballing. My wife and I, when she became pregnant with my oldest son, I was really bad with finances. Like, we spent a lot of money. We worked hard and spent hard. No joke. 
and we were always broke. And I was, I was like, I was desperate because I'm like, God, I need, I can't do this with children. I need your help. So I looked for my broke friend who didn't know what he was doing, right? No. Thank you, Jesus, for the Holy Ghost. I looked for the rich man that had it going, that had been doing it for a while. I'm like, hey, you're a treasurer. You must be good with budgeting and finances. You want to help? And I'm like, and when I went to talk to my brother all those years ago, I'm like, hey, can I talk to you? He's like, yeah. Oh, by the way, my wife and I wouldn't invite you and your wife to lunch. I'm like, oh, sure. Like, well, they're paying lunch for us. We went to the brew house. First time I ever went to the brew house in Anchorage. 12 years ago. And we sat down and we had, you know, wonderful lunch. It was great. And then they said, well, the reason we asked you for lunch is because we have a burden in our hearts for young, for young couples and finances. I was like, oh. I'm a Latino. Like, we cry for everything. It's like, oh, it's a puppy. And I'm like, the reason we wanted, I wanted to talk to you is because we need help with finances. When you begin to take a step to, to rectify your life, the Bible says in James, um, draw near me to, to me and I will draw near to you. When you begin to take steps to rectify things in your life, as believers, you're like, man, I think I'm, I'm going to start... The Lord is like, hey, me too. And, you know, and what, and they, and they imparted to us wealthy thinking. They never gave us one dime. They brought us lunch many times. They brought us, they, you know, took us out. To, the first time I ever flew in a small airplane, we flew to Girdwood and had lunch there. It was on their plane. And they imparted to us wealthy thinking. Praise God, eh? yeah, that's right. And then we had to learn and get out of where the hole that we were in. Seven, break poverty from your life. Can, can you come and play, bro? Anointed cherub of the Pasoni clan. Break poverty from your life. Poverty is an enemy. It is not a sign of holiness. Poverty is not a sign of holiness. Like all devils, it attacks your thinking and attaches to your, your patterns of life to keep you bound and hindered and unable to move forward. Because when we were crippled in debt, I did not think about the lost. I did not think about people who were suffering that much. All we were thinking is like, how are we going to pay the rent next month. Oh God, it's late. Break poverty. It's a demon spirit that vies to destroy humanity. When God created us, created man in the garden, they didn't have any lack. They didn't have any want for anything. It is when sin entered into the world. When Adam and Eve sinned, that's when he said, you will toil to produce out of the ground. But once just yielded fruit and just provided for you, you, you know, they had to work, they had to tend the garden. They weren't lazy. 
They weren't watching Netflix in the garden, you know, and like spending all day in their, their, their pajamas. They got haircuts. They brushed their teeth. No, I'm, I'm just making that up, Pastor Vince. But I, I bet they, they had supernatural teeth cleaning agents. The water healed their teeth. When they sinned, that's when the curse of poverty ended it. And now they had to fight in order to have the yield of the ground. Malachi 3.10 says, Bring the whole tithing to the storehouse so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out your blessing, a blessing until it overflows, then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord of hosts. When you enter in covenant with the Lord, he will keep you, he will protect you and break the curse of poverty. Those things that just ate away at your finances, God will rebuke that. Especially your wrong way of spending, overspending and all those good stuff that keep people poor. God wants to bless us beyond what you want to be blessed because I got news for you. It's not about you. God doesn't want to bless you so you can be rich. So you can just be rich. What does it matter if a man gained the whole world yet loses his soul? So thankful for all our veterans. But you know, if you live your life for just for you, it's like playing a video game, Call of Duty. I, I don't, I've never, I don't think I've ever played Call of Duty, but anyway. But it's like playing Call of Duty and wanting to receive a medal for your accomplishments. Playing a video game and thinking you're going to have real life impact. This life ain't it. Revelation says that this world will be burned with fire and there will be a new heavens and a new earth. We are spirits with the body. We are eternal beings. Whether you spend your eternity in heaven or hell, you choose. Now God wants to bless you. It's not just so you can be fat and happy. Amen? But so you can have the freedom and you can, it can be a blessing. You can be the head and not the tail. So you can disciple nations. How are you going to disciple nations if you don't know how to comport yourself? You don't know how to behave. You enter, you know, before royalty, and you're like, oh my goodness, come here. You ever see a king enter into a room and be like, oh my goodness, let me take a picture with you. No. You take pictures with the king. So when you enter before royalty, act like royalty. Because you're a king priest unto the Lord. And you got a message for him. God's on the throne. The devil's been defeated. And you need Jesus, sir, king, madam, queen. Matthew 16. It all begins with righteousness. You must be righteous. For what will it profit a man if you gain the whole world and lose your son? For the man... The, God, the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with his angels and will repay every man according to his deeds. God's desire is to bless you here on the earth a hundredfold 
and much, much more when it comes to eternity. It says, don't you know that you will judge angels? It is not about this. If you can manage what God has given you, cause it to grow, he will put you over cities. Can you use the resources God has given you to make his kingdom grow? That's why we're here. We're learning how to do that. The, the more faithful you can be with that and grow in it, God will increase you. So many people who are, struggle financially are confused thinking that the blessing of God is a magical wand that he'll wave over you and make you rich, and that's not it. So many rich people think their financial status is a sign that God's okay with them, but it's not. It just means you have money. One day, a big angel is going to light a match and throw it to all our works, all our riches, all the things we have accomplished, and it's all going to burn down. The only thing that's going to stay is those things that are precious metals, precious stones, which is what you do for people, how you walk in love, the kingdom. How are you building the kingdom of God? Because you, you can be amazing today, you know, here on earth. Like, you know, do this, do that. You're the boss of everybody and you got a lot of money. When you get, if you get to heaven, you're going to be, what, are you, what have you accomplished in the kingdom of God? That is going to be your reward. There are some people who may not have all of that, but they love Jesus. They sacrifice for the Lord. And you're going to be rulers of millions, of galaxies. Like, oh, you're in charge? Yes. You must be righteous. How do you do that? You call on the name of the Lord Jesus and repent of your sins that the year of refreshment may come. Some of you have been ravished by lack and you're upset that the system created your circumstances. You can get out of it. Call on the name of the Lord. Whatever is going on, God wants to use you, wants to use me at this time to set the city on fire, not literal, the fire of the Holy Ghost. If you will stand on the word of God, the truth of God, not your circumstances. Like Jesus said, he, forsake, he forsook the shame, forsaking the shame that lay behind him. He died on the cross for us, for me and for you. Forsake those things that hinder you. And he will bless you, he will increase you. But you must have your eyes set on the Lord. You must be righteous. You must walk with the Lord because you are hope to someone who has no hope right now. We're standing in here tonight, you're sitting, and Jesus, God's on the throne, the devil's been defeated. You're figuring that out if you don't already know it. But there are people right now that don't know that. They have no hope. You can be their hope. You can change their circumstance. But you're so caught up in what you don't have or the you don't want to, you know, affect what you do have, that you can't work for the Lord. It's time for us to be righteous, forsaking the things of this earth, looking to, the, to God, the beginner and finisher of our faith, knowing that all things work for good for those who love God and are called according to his purposes. Let's all stand. I want to pray for you right now. The things of the earth, the things of the earth 
will pass away. The things of the earth will pass away. God's word will never pass away. And he wants to make you a bearer of good news. He wants to raise you up above your companions. Why is that? So you can disciple them. One of the things as a pastor that is the saddest thing that I witness is people who've been in the church 20, 30, 40 years, well, less than that, that aren't discipled. They struggle with the element, elementary things. So I'm going to pray for you right now. First and foremost, you must be righteous. You must give your life to the Lord. You must serve God. You want the blessing of God. We're, I'm going to break poverty off tonight. Greed, I'm going to break it off. Worry, those are all evil things that the devil is trying to pin on you, get you looking and afraid and not moving forward. That's going to go tonight in Jesus' name. But first and foremost, you must be righteous. What does it matter if you have everything you need, right? And you even get like pocket squares, but your, 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 your soul goes to hell. You can remedy that. How's that? By calling on the name of Jesus. It doesn't matter what you've done. The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but God's gift is everlasting life through Christ Jesus. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. If you will believe in your heart and confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. For it is with the heart that you believe unto righteousness and the mouth that you confess unto salvation. Do not say, oh, it's too far from me. I got to climb mountains. I got to do this. I got to do that. It's not too, too low. I got to go down into the abyss. No, you don't. The word is near you and in your heart. If you believe that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So every excuse that you may have right now that the devil is trying to put in your brain is not true. So right now, if you're here and you're not born again, you must be born again. If that's you, whether for the very first time or secondly, you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, you're not living right for him. Like, wow, God knows me knows my heart yes it's black and very wicked repent there's he's not going to make excuses for us for any of us because jesus died on the cross for sin so it's like you know you know jesus you know me like no i died for that so you don't have to no longer a slave to that so two repent there's no condemnation and three if you want to be sure of your salvation i want you to pray with me pray loud enough so that you can hear yourself speak if that's you here, whether for the very first time, or you want to rededicate your life to the Lord, or you want to be sure of your salvation, I want you to pray with me. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Come on, I see that hand. God bless you. God bless you. No fear. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. God's going to turn your life around. You watch. You watch. Get plugged in. God bless you. Come on, let's pray together. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for me. Forgive me of all my sin. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me brand new. Be the Lord of my life. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being my Savior. I love you, Lord.
Let me pray for you. I seal that now in Jesus' name. And I declare freedom in the name of the Lord. Freedom in the name of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Now I'm going to pray for those who you're struggling financially. Uh, I'm not saying, you know, well, whatever. You're struggling financially. Or you worry about finances. Or you don't know how things are going to happen for you. I want to pray. I'm going to break poverty off of you. And I'm going to encourage you, begin to tithe if you're not tithing. I had someone say once, oh, you know, I, I, I don't make anything. If that is true, if that is really true, next time there's an offering time, take an envelope and you write zero on it. Because 10% of zero is zero. Be faithful in that. Take that step of faith. If that is really true for you, I want you to do that. And God is going to break poverty off of you. And then you're going to begin... If that's you, I want you to raise your hand right now. Put your hand over your heart. If you're struggling with finances in any way, you want to grow in being an investor. You want to grow in taking steps of faith. You want to be a giver, but you don't know how you're going to do it. You're concerned. Those are real concerns. I'm going to pray for you right now. Come on, put your hand over your heart. I, want, I don't want people to see me. Who cares about people? Amen. I mean, we love them, but I mean, you know what I mean? What they think about what you're going through. Come on. I release the blessing of God over you right now. As he had done, has done it for me, as he has been faithful in my lineage, I declare blessing over you. I break now poverty off of you. You foul devil of poverty, I command you, lose your hold in Jesus' name. I declare witty ideas and inventions. That the blessing of God, some of you have inheritances that was taken from you. Some of you has wealth that has been stolen from you. Receive it back now in Jesus' name. I call that forward. I call that forward. It is yours. In Jesus' name, I break that now off of you in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for supernatural, supernatural ideas on how to get rid of death. In Jesus' name. And those who, by no work of their own, maybe got into debt, Lord, I pray that you overcome that now and help them. Be released from that in Jesus' name. I bless you. And I declare wealth over you right now. Come on, say with me. I'm wealthy. I am blessed. I am multiplying. I am righteous. I am thankful. I'm not lazy. I'm a giver. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. All my debt is falling off now. In Jesus' name. I bless you in Jesus' name. Come on, let's give a shout to the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. May he lift up his countenance to you, be gracious to you, and give you his peace. In Jesus' mighty name, we love you. Don't miss this Sunday. Amen. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.